0: Greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, A Right Crime. I'm your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode with Barb Goffman. Now, I called Barb last week a short story goddess, and that is a very apt description. Uh, She is very prolific and very well recognized critically and by readers, and so I think you're going to enjoy hearing about about her and her short stories and uh, some of her side work as well that might interest the writers out there. But before we get to Barb, I do need to tell you that Wrong Place right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, most of it at the darker and grittier end of the spectrum. If that sounds like something you'd like, you can go to their website to find out more. That's downandoutbooks.com. Down and Out, all spelled out, books.com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. All right, let's talk to Barb Goffman, who is a prolific short story writer and has a side gig that's really your main gig, as an editor. Well, hey, Barb. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Now... Sometimes I interview people I know well. Sometimes I interview people I don't know at all. Um, And sometimes, like yourself, I interview people that I'm acquainted with uh, but not super familiar with. And you and I have probably crossed paths the most in your area of expertise, and that is the short story realm. Mm. Yes.
1: Yeah, Uh, I think we first met at Bousherkamp.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. That is correct. I, I, I remember that now. I was trying to remember which one it was, but, and, and we cross paths online quite a bit, I would say in like the short mystery fiction society and, and places along those lines.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So as I alluded to, you are very focused on uh, the short form of, of mystery fiction. And that's interesting to me because, um, it, it isn't as common. I don't think uh, that, that a person focuses uh, exclusively on the short uh, uh, realm. You know, I could think of a few other people. John Floyd comes to mind uh, that I know who, who do that as well. But a, a lot of people move on to novels or write both. Uh, but you've made the conscious choice to focus in and really hone your craft and make your bones in the short story realm. Um, so I guess my first question after all of that uh, prelude uh, would be, Uh, I guess, why short stories and why just short stories?
1: Well, I actually didn't start with short stories. I started writing novels and I wrote 10 pages of, I'm sorry, 10 chapters of one and I got stuck. And then I wrote an entire novel that I was happy with, but it needed revision. And during the revision process, I learned about my local Sisters in Crime chapter was doing an anthology. And, It was Chesapeake Crimes 2, and they had had an open call for stories for people in the chapter, and um, submission deadline came and passed, and they didn't have enough good stories, so they reopened. And I thought, well, if it's such a small pool of submitters, and they're basically dying for people to submit, I thought my chances might be pretty good, and this could be a way (laughs) to get my foot into the publishing door for the novel that I hope to eventually get published. And once I started writing short stories, it was like ding, ding, ding. This was my area. I I think it's because I'm a trained newspaper reporter. I I have a graduate degree in journalism. I worked as a newspaper reporter for several years. And writing something short and getting it done and then moving on to something else really fits with my personality as opposed to writing a novel that can take months. Um, So I put that novel in a drawer where it sits and this is what I'm doing these days.
0: Is there something very satisfying to completing a journey in one sitting, essentially, as compared to, you know, the long process that, you know, a novel tends to take.
1: Yes. I think everybody loves to get to the end because you have Mm -hmm. accomplished something. You could check it off your list. And Mm -hmm. I'm a big person who likes to check things off of of lists.
0: (laughs) You make a list and the first thing on the list is make a list so you can cross it off.
1: Exactly. Or you put on every day's list, procrastinate a little bit, and then you're going to have something you can check off.
0: (laughs) Well, you have not procrastinated though. You've written uh, more than four dozen uh, stories or almost three score, however however you like to count it. Um, And these are not simply check mark boxes, you've done very well in terms of critical recognition. And I guess what I'm leading up to is that many of your stories have won awards and many more have been nominated. And quite honestly, I, I could go back over here, uh, click up your website and, and, and recite it, but I'd rather hear it from you. Uh, which awards have your stories won?
1: I have won the Agatha twice and the McCavity Award, and the 2020 Reader's Award from Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. And I also won the Silver Feltian Award for Best Collection of 2013.
0: And you are frequently in the running for the Derringer Award, which is what the Short Mystery Fiction Society gives out each year for the Best of Short Mystery Fiction.
1: Three nominations. No wins.
0: So uh, I've got you beat there. I've had four nominations and no wins. So
1: oh, we're in the club together.
0: <laughs> yes. We're the bridesmaids club. <laughs> um, now, but one of those years, I think you had two stories at the same time. Am I? Remembering yes. Correctly? Two
1: stories in the same category. Uh, yeah, that's I, what I'm doing right now in the Agatha, two stories in the same category.
0: I almost wonder if that's a bit of a blessing and a curse because you could split your split your own vote.
1: Yes, you can definitely split your own vote, and that is why I did not win. I, I'm certain of it. That's why I split my vote.
0: <laughs> they actually released the results uh, of, of yeah. the uh, Derringers, so you could do the math and know if, if that was. Oh, the
1: case. I, I, I actually did do the math. I came in second, oh. even if you counted all the votes together. Oh wow! For both of right. My stories, which is all so right. sad.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the thing about, I, I tout the Short Mystery Fiction Society's uh, Derringer Award on this program, um, but I, I like it. The process is, at least for the first stage, a, a little more objective than, than, than some of the uh, different awards in that it is a blind judging situation. And it's imperfect, of course, and any judging is subjective. I get all of that. But when you take the name off of it, uh, I think that you get a little bit closer to objectivity in terms of quality.
1: Yeah, I mean, c- certainly objectivity about who wrote it, uh, assuming that a person's style isn't self-evident.
0: Right, right, and of course it is. You, uh, but anyhow, you know, it is a, uh, a another one of many awards that you've been nominated for, and I won't ask you to read all of those because this will be an hour-long show if we do that. Uh, but. You know, I mean, people say awards are subjective, and they are, and the, and people say that awards are popularity contests, and to a degree they are. But nobody gets nominated for all of these different awards and all these different categories year after year without writing quality stuff, let's face it. And that's what you've accomplished.
1: Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I try
0: apparently you succeed. Um, You don't just try. Now, uh, would you, for for people who haven't read any of your work, are every single one of your short stories essentially a standalone story, or do you have some recurring settings or recurring characters?
1: Only once have I used a recurring um, universe. I have a police, she's a sheriff in a fictional rural county. And I used that twice. It just worked for what I was trying to do. Um, I don't write a lot of police procedurals, but when I do, I, I have used her, female sheriff, and, and her uh, male deputy.
0: Would you say that you tend to lean towards one subgenre more than others in your in your short stories?
1: I am known for writing humor. Not everything I write is funny, although even the serious ones often have some wry moments but i do lean into that mm-hmm. i enjoy it and and i think my readers enjoy it it's hard
0: though oh humor is very hard i think especially sustaining it over over an entire story or book i mean a humorous moment you can stumble into or get lucky with or even just you know manage but something longer is tougher
1: um yeah the i have a my newest story actually not my newest story almost newest story is called Five days to fit this, and it's an anthology where they wanted the stories to be light and funny, if you could swing it. And when I started writing that story, I just was not feeling it, mm-hmm. and I just had to slog my way through. But when I got to the end, it was like, oh, that worked. <laughs> I never know if it's gonna work, you know.
0: <laughs> Have you had the opposite happen, where you laugh like crazy at the idea, and then when you put it down on paper, it falls flat?
1: Um, in, in the in the writing process. But but not by the end. My my currently one of my nominated Agatha stories now Agatha nominated stories now is a tale of two sisters. Sorry, having a hard time thinking of names today. And when I was writing that story, I was having a hard time bringing on the funny. And it wasn't until I suddenly I realized I, it's setting at a wedding, and all these things are supposed to go wrong. But it it just felt like kind of it felt like I was making things very contrived. Oh, this is going wrong and this is going wrong and this is going wrong. Until I created this mother character who drives the main character crazy. And the voice just snapped and suddenly everything worked because you were having reactions to all the things that were going wrong. And it just made everything smooth. And and sometimes you just got to have that moment of, of, you know, grace from God of do this and everything will flow.
0: That's an excellent point because I think that, uh, you can get away with doing contrived things and people can be forgiving or overlook it, but a truly memorable story that sticks tends to not be contrived. It tends to make sense from character motivations into common sense, you know, reactions and so forth.
1: Yes. Agreed.
0: Now you are not just a short story author. Um, you also work as a freelance editor, right?
1: Yes, I do. That
0: is how I make my living, sort of. <laughs> and, you know, I had, I've had i had a couple of uh, folks come on that, that are freelance editors and always like to ask them, you know, what is the single most biggest mistake they find themselves correcting in people's manuscripts? Not to take away work from you, but, uh, you know, if people stop making this mistake, I'm sure they'll still have plenty of other mistakes to come to you with.
1: If we're talking about a big mistake, more of a developmental mistake, I I would say that authors, especially early in their career, are so eager to get the plot on the page that they don't add in breathing room. If I saw you rob a bank right now, I wouldn't just say, you know, he's took out his gun and he's robbed the teller and he ran out of the bank. I mean, that's just kind of like this happened, this happened, this happened. But what you want to say is he took out his gun. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's going to shoot her. Ah! You know, you want to add in the human reaction to make it real. And so often people are so eager to get to the end that they forget to make stops along the way.
0: That's very interesting. That's uh, It's always something different from every editor because they have a different experience. Um I I would have uh, expected dialogue to be a big one and things like people speaking the other character's names in an oh, ordinary amount yeah. of times. I mean I've said your name once since this interview started and it was to say hello and after that we don't need to say it back and forth a bunch of times but in 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 those you'll get somebody saying it 6 7 times a page you know and Uh, So if people wanted to contract with you for editing services, uh, where can they go to check that out? Because uh, some of the listeners to this show are also writers.
1: There is a tab on my website that talks about what I do and how I can help you. Um, And my website is barbgolfman.com. And just look for the tab and it has my email address in there.
0: And you do all layers of editing, correct?
1: Yes. I, I do developmental. I do line. I do copy editing. I focus tr- mostly on cozy and traditional mysteries, but I have done historical, I have done police procedural, and others.
0: You're comfortable in all genres of the, the mystery field, then.
1: I, I'm comfortable. I prefer, uh, frankly, I prefer not to do hard boiled. It's just not my. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm more toward the lighter end of the realm, and it's what I. It's what I read, and it's what I know best, right. and it's therefore how I can help people best.
0: That makes sense. Uh, it's not the only place you do a little editorial work, though. You you also serve on the editorial staff at Black Cat Weekly.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Press has a weekly um, e-magazine called Black Cat Weekly, and it is reprint-focused, but lately it has been bringing in more original material. It, uh, I Because I know people are going to be asking about this. You can't submit. It's all request only. Um, my stories that I get, I, I have a... I present a story every week. The the publisher came up with this idea, and I'm like, sure. So every week, Barb Goffman presents a story, (laughs) and 98% of what I present are reprints. I read almost exclusively short stories these days because I'm always looking for something that I think is great. And if I think it's great, I send an email saying, hi, here's who I am. I want to buy reprint rights to your story. And I'm sure so many people get this email and think, oh, it's a scam, because nobody ever emails you <laughs> out of the blue. But really, it's me, I promise.
0: <laughs> it's not a scam, folks. I've, I've actually had a story requested, and and it was all legit, and the check cashed and everything. So uh, if, if if Barb reaches out to you, it's uh, she's not a, a prince from Nigeria that just needs you to give her your bank account number to her. Not this week. <laughs> Now, you, your website is a little bit coy about your uh, life outside of being an editor and an author. Uh, and in fact, I didn't know that you had a journalism background, even though I did a little investigating. But uh, it also says that you've worked as an attorney in the past.
1: Um, yeah, that is how I afford, can afford to do what I'm doing now as for a full-time job. I worked for 12 years I, um, in election. I'm sorry. Well, I did election law. A little bit, but mostly my focus was education law, higher education. So I worked for five years for a law firm in downtown DC, and then I worked for seven years as an associate general counsel at a big company that I won't name because some people don't like them. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Even big companies sometimes do good work, and they have good people who work for them who try to make them even be even better.
0: Hey, my daughter was worked for Starbucks for five or six years and, you know, they, you know, they had money for college for her and, you know, paid benefits for part-time work and and everything. So uh, you make a very good point. So what did that, that, did that allow you to earn enough to be able to move on to doing what you're doing now or?
1: Yes. Yeah. I, um, in the late uh, twenties, I don't know how do you, how, how would you say it? The year between 2000 and 2010, what do you call those?
0: The aughts.
1: Sure. Okay. In the late aughts, there was a major restructuring in how federal student loans were mm-hmm. given out. And that is my area of expertise. Well, one of them. And by 2011, my job became superfluous and all of my expertise became somewhat superfluous. And I was laid off. And, but they gave me a really good severance package. So I took some time to just rest and relax and, and figured, one door closed, I'm opening this window. And I did not want to, I lived out in the suburbs at that point, and I did not want to commute back down to D.C. because the traffic is horrendous. So I just started editing. I, I have to credit several friends who convinced me to do it because I kept thinking, you know, I I'm known for writing, but you know, this was almost 10 years ago, so I wasn't as well known for writing by, at that point. And I thought, who's going to hire me? And they're all like, you're really good at this. Just do it. So I you know, I put my name out there that I was doing it, and several people who had worked with me in the past, I, I, I had the fortune of having done editing for the Chesapeake Crimes series. Since Chesapeake Crimes 4, I have been a co-editor of the series with Donna Andrews and Marsha Talley. So I've edited a number of people in my area. And they all had good experiences. So several of them hired me and then word of mouth spreads. And and here we are 10 years Mm -hmm. later, almost.
0: Well, and I can speak to that because the story that you took for the Black Cat Weekly reprint, that was a story that had gone through, you know, myself, my beta readers, the editor of the anthology that it was published in. And you still found half a dozen tweaks that improved it. And I guess another point that speaks to to that would be that you're like three or four months out on clients if, if folks are, are looking to hire you. At least uh, that's what I wrote on your website. Is that still true?
1: Um. Yeah, right now I think I'm booked until November.
0: Mm.
1: So yeah, a little farther out than that.
0: That's That speaks volumes as well. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, swinging back around to the writing, you mentioned a couple of stories that are up for the Agatha, which will be awarded in April of 2022.
1: Those are both on my website. So if anybody wants to read them, hop on over. Oh, oh
0: they're available to read. Yes. Uh, that's at barbgoffman.com. Um, so what is the most recent story that's been published if folks want to get something that's the newest and hot off the press?
1: Earlier this month? Well, actually, probably earlier last month when this is airing, I had Beauty and the Biatch published in (laughs) issue 29 of Sherlock Holmes Mystery Magazine.
0: (laughs) Okay. What's the premise of that?
1: (laughs) Uh, We have three high school girls, and the story is told from two perspectives, and it all focuses on one thing, each girl's deepest desire, and what happens when their quest to make their dreams come true collide.
0: Well, that is intriguing. And that is in which publication again?
1: Sherlock Holmes Mystery Magazine, issue 29.
0: What will be the next story to come out um, that isn't quite out yet?
1: Um, In April, I am going to have Go Big or Go Home appearing in Malice Domestic 16, Mystery Most Diabolical.
0: And that is about? If
1: if anyone is Facebook friends with me will know I hate unsolicited advice. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, even though I have been guilty of it occasionally. So I thought, I'm going to make use of this. So I have a story about a couple who are down on their luck and don't have very many ethics. And one of them has a very rich, older aunt. So they go on Facebook and they friend her because she's old, so she's on Facebook because Obviously, no one young and hip could be on Facebook, but they go on and they're constantly giving her unsolicited advice to drive her crazy so she'll die and they can inherit her money. Oh, my
0: God. That'll, That'll be in which anthology again?
1: That is in Malice Domestic 16, Mystery Most Diabolical, coming out in April.
0: Well, Barb, you are obviously very busy, very prolific uh, in writing short stories that, as we mentioned, are very well received. And I'm glad I got a chance to get you on the program. And I wanted to say thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. This has been fun.
0: All right, there you are, folks, Barb Goffman, nice woman, great author of short stories. And uh, I think it's very impressive the number of awards that she's uh, won and uh, even more so the number of awards that she's been nominated for. And I can attest firsthand to her editing prowess, like I mentioned during the interview, the story of mine that she picked up for reprint at Black Cat Weekly. Got another round of light edits, and every single edit was a great one, really improved the story, and, you know, she's dealing with a story that's been through beta readers and the editor of the particular anthology. So uh, some editing has to do with style as opposed to right and wrong, of course, Uh, but when somebody can uh, make some changes to your story that you think is already pretty tight and it's better, Uh, That speaks to uh, her prowess. So if you're a writer out there and want to check her out for her editing, I think you're well advised to do so. And certainly if you're a reader, her short stories are funny and well worth your time. All right. A not so quick Zafiro update for you here. I'll do it quickly, but I have a number of items I want to share with you. So let's run them down really quick. Uh, first off, I want to remind you that uh, my novella, A Village of Strangers, written under my given name, Frank Scalise, is available now in paperback and on Kindle. Uh, this is not crime fiction, uh, although there is a hint of it in there, um, but it is a more of a an emotional journey uh, that, uh, three separate people take and their lives are somewhat intertwined in a way. Uh, and, uh, it sounds like a bummer when you read the description, but it is ultimately uplifting. So give it a try. Coming out at the end of the month, that's uh, March 31st of 2022, my third Spoke Compton novel, All the Pieces Fall, will be out. And this is uh, the series that uh, you read because you might want to root for the bad guys. In this case, a private investigator who used to be a cop, faced with some murky goings-on in a missing persons case. Uh, He's not sure if the guy has been kidnapped, is murdered, or in hiding. uh, And uh, tries to run down all three possibilities in the middle of a very gray world. Uh, That drops on the 31st of March of this year. Uh, And at the same time that drops, so too will the box set containing all three of the Spocompton novels thus far at their own game, in the cut, and the brand new All the Pieces Fall. So you can grab those on March 31st. The serial anthology series, A Grifter's Song, that I created and edit, is currently in its fourth season, and the newest episode, Dusty and Bent by Trey R. Barker, is currently available. And coming up next month. That's April 1st, and this is no April Fool's. Uh, we get the very hard-hitting episode from Vincent Zandry called Concrete and Cocaine. If you liked Pulp Fiction, the Quentin Tarantino classic, uh, there are some very strong allusions to that in uh, Vincent Zandry's story. So check that out on April 1st. Meanwhile, you can grab Trey Barker's Dusty and Bent right now. Another anthology that I've edited and contributed to is the upcoming The Tattered Blue Line, which contains stories written by current and former law enforcement members uh, and really dives into the humanity of those officers and the people that they interact with uh, in a contemporary setting. So The Tattered Blue Line, short stories of contemporary policing, contains stories by J.J. Hensley, Pearson O'Meara, Quinn Peterson, Scott Kakawa and many more uh, and it is currently available for pre-order and will be out on April 15th uh, lastly is not really as a furo update except tangentially uh, I was in an anthology that the a 509 crime anthology that colin conway edited and published called the eviction of hope which was the first in that series of anthologies great anthology a lot of tremendous authors in it and one of the stories la chingona by hector Costa, has been selected for the best american mystery and suspense 2022 anthology So not exactly an award, but certainly an honor. Uh, So congratulations to Hector and to uh, the editor, Colin Conway. Uh, You can pick up The Eviction of Hope free this week if you're listening to this on the day it drops. And uh, there are a couple other 509 crime anthologies to check out. All right. That is it for the updates. Uh, Thanks for sticking with me Uh, through that. I hope something grabbed your attention there. Um, And certainly I hope that you enjoyed the conversation with Barb. Check out her short stories. I want to tell Barb thanks for coming on the show, as well as Down Out Books for being a great sponsor. And most of all, you, the listener, for being there every week, giving me someone to talk to and share these conversations with. I do very much appreciate it. Uh, So much so that I'll be back again next week until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime.